Welcome to another episode of Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and a lot of stuff going on. It seems like the COVID stuff is going to be increasing. Uh, very interesting how that works, isn't it? Um, I've heard a, a few different things about uh, the Thanksgiving issue, and that's there's a couple things I want to talk about there. But first, um, I want to talk about that there was a press conference today with uh, Sidney Powell, and they it wasn't really covered by by the media, so I kind of wanted to to share some of the clips that came from that, where they're presenting some of the evidence for the voter fraud. Um, the widespread election fraud that they're seeing throughout the different states, um, and specifically using the uh, Dominion system software, uh, Smartmatic software, which is in there, uh, w which has ties to uh, Maduro and Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. Uh, it's also stated to be using, and uh, they have affidavits for all this apparently, but um, it uses an algorithm which actually switches the votes. So after a certain amount of votes come in for uh, somebody, it'll actually just automatically um, switch those votes to the other candidate. So if you get 3,000 votes for, you know, person A, that will, once it reaches 3,000, it'll actually flip to the other person, and therefore the other, A will lose 3,000 votes, B will gain 3,000 votes. So things like that going on. Very interesting because in Venezuela, of course, we know that they're, their voting elections, even by their own people. And down here in Florida, I know a lot of uh, Venezuelans where they talk about, they're called esqualidos in their country, which basically means that they, they're against the government. And it's something that's, you know, very looked down upon there because they are basically a dictatorship. That's really what they are. And um, so... But they can attest to some of this stuff that the elections that have gone on in their countries were, were, were basically fake. They were fake elections um, where Chavez would always win and now Maduro. Um, but anyways, there's a lot of witnesses and, and affidavits that have come forward. Uh, looking through the prophetic lens of all of this, not really sure where this is going to lead, but I am seeing... People are getting very uh, polarized as far as uh, the religious issue again. People are starting to get religious again. They're looking to God because they're seeing all the corruption within the system itself. Now, if I didn't know prophecy, my eyes would tell me that that's a good thing. Uh, but I do know prophecy, uh, not everything, but I know it well enough to know that in the end, this, this, uh, this revival that happens is actually a false revival and there's no real heart change. It's just a desire to preserve basically our, our wealth, uh, our rights, our supremacy here on this earth in the United States and really abroad and you have Revelation 13 coming into play where you have the beast and then after that comes the image of the beast and the image of the beast makes both small and great 
rich and poor, free and bond, um, receive the mark of the beast. And the image of that beast that is the, the two horns of a lamb that it speaks as a dragon. We know that's the United States. And we also know that Protestantism in America, or what we would call evangelicalism or evangelicals uh, today, will be involved in ecumenical councils and things like that. And they will eventually join, completely join hands with the papal Roman system. And Mrs. White describes this in the Great Controversy as uh, once Protestantism basically reaches its, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but uh, reaches its hands across the gulf and clasps the hand of Romanism, then the nation will um, basically fulfill its role as joining with the beast power. And then it's in the United States, remember, where... Uh, this whole situation starts okay so eyes on the united states and once once the sunday law comes into play then they enforce it throughout the rest of the world now there are countries that exist now there's a, a kind i can't remember the name of the country off the top of my head but it's either in south america or in central america they already have a sunday law uh enforced now i know most countries already have them on the books including the united states Almost every state, as far as I know, uh, already has them on the books in something called blue laws. It's already there. It's just not, it's not being enforced yet. But interesting with this election, it, it is, it is a legitimate um, fraud at least. That it, it's a it's a stolen election. But the question is, is that is this is this all happening organically or is this is this essentially meant to happen this way, you know? Um, and we don't know. That's why we don't have to worry about this stuff. We keep our we keep our faith, confidence, and trust in God, and He will He will show us the way, the next step, the next day. That that's why Jesus says, "Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof." We don't need to have one foot, you know, in the past and one foot in the in the future, and we're not focused on now. So just just keep keep in mind, folks, that whether or not you believe uh, Trump is a legitimate president or if you believe that this is all a show, which uh, my opinion is that this is all a show, that that, that tends to be more, much more of my leaning. And remember, this in this broadcast, I'm a lot more free form than I would be in, say, something like a sermon because uh, my opinion is basically worthless. My speculation on things... That's absolutely worthless in a sermon scenario. Completely worthless. Okay, but uh, in a broadcasting, we're just talking about the things that are going on. So you, you'll hear a different side. Um, and like I've said, I've said in the past, and I'll say it again, I understand the Christians that I meet um, who are, I wouldn't say they're pro-Trump, but they, they think Trump was legitimate, like kind of like a Cyrus figure. I understand where they're coming from, but the thing is, I have a lot of trouble um, not seeing things through the prophetic lens of all of this. It all just seems to be unfolding to the point where it's I don't know. I don't I, I don't know how to put it in I don't know how to put it into words. But you know, hindsight's 2020, so we'll find out one day. But either way, this election clearly 
voter fraud occurred in it. Now, whether again, whether that happened because the election was actually trying to be stolen and 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 it, and it failed, or if this is meant to happen this way to to rally people and mobilize them into where the Jesuits in Rome want them to be. That's neither here nor there, but you got to think if, if the votes are legitimate, that would mean that Biden got more votes than Obama did. Now that's pretty much insane to even consider. And now they're coming out with a lot of these allegations and I want to play a clip from you from Sidney Powell. And at the end, uh, there's a couple clips within there. I just kind of piece them together. So you don't, you're not, because you're listening, you're not going to basically see where one starts and one ends. But uh, I want you to focus specifically on the last part. The other parts are just for informational purposes, just so you can see what they're talking about. Um, But the last part where it said, she'll talk about taking the country back. And I wonder exactly what she means by that. So let's take a listen. Is the massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba, and likely China in the interference with our elections here in the United States. The Dominion voting systems, the Smartmatic technology software, and the software that goes in other computerized voting systems here as well, not just Dominion, were created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez to make sure he never lost an election after one constitutional referendum came out the way he did not want it to come out. Now the software itself was created with so many variables and so many back doors that can be hooked up to the internet or a thumb drive stuck in it or whatever, but one of its most characteristic features is is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in. Notably, the Dominion executives are nowhere to be found now. They are moving their offices overnight to different places. Their office in Toronto was shared with one of the Soros entities. One of the uh, leaders of the Dominion project in overall is Lord Malik Brown, Mr. Soros number two person in the UK and part of his organization. Texas denied certification of the Dominion system in 2019, but there are no doubt issues with the software that Texas did use, unbeknownst to Texas, I would imagine, since they went to great trouble to examine the Dominion systems and reject them. But other software, the source code that does the alterations is embedded, we have been told, in the source code all across the country in all the voting machines. There's no doubt it has been used to alter elections in other countries. Um, We know specifically that Venezuela exported it for that purpose to Argentina and other Latin American companies to make sure that the corrupt rulers who were willing to pay the highest price for being in office 
were allowed to rig their elections. This is stunning, heartbreaking, infuriating, and the most unpatriotic acts I can even imagine for people in this country to have participated in in any way, shape, or form. And I want the American public to know right now that we will not be intimidated. American patriots are fed up with the corruption from the local level to the highest level of our government. And we are going to take this country back. We are not going to be intimidated. We are not going to back down. We are going to clean this mess up now. President Trump won by a landslide. We are going to prove it. And we are going to reclaim the United States of America for the people who vote for freedom. Well, there you have it, folks. They're going to take back the country. Uh, now, what does that mean specifically? Well, let's take a look at prophecies guiding light on the issue. And this is from Review and Herald. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is from Review and Herald, December 18th, 1888. It says this, a time is coming when the law of God is, in a special sense, to be made void in our land. The rulers of our nation will, by legislative enactments, enforce the Sunday law, and thus God's people be brought into great peril. When our nation, in its legislative councils, shall enact laws to bind the consciences of men in regard to their religious privileges, enforcing Sunday observance, and bringing oppressive power to bear against those who keep the seventh-day Sabbath, the law of God will, to all intents and purposes, be made void in our land, and national apostasy will be followed by national ruin. Keep that in mind. National apostasy will be followed by national ruin. Now, the ideas that... Um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have for the country, the socialist agenda, would totally ruin and destroy the country. It, it would totally bankrupt the country. The things that you're seeing with uh, the, basically the anarchists going around with Black Lives Matter and Antifa and things like that, you know, it, it, the country can only last a certain amount of time. Just take a look at any communist country. Uh, they they are national ruin. So what's important for us to remember here is that the Ellen White, the prophet of God, is saying national apostasy will be followed by national ruin. You can't ruin something that's already ruined, right? So obviously there's going to be some sort of, there's going to be great success. There's going to be wealth and abundance the, the United States of America is going to be on the rise and then national apostasy will be followed by national ruin that's how it works so with all of that in mind I see them as taking the country back and step by step look like a very good thing at first or any patriot looking at the country this could look like a very good thing and, and who doesn't want corruption removed but how far does it go? They're going to take it too far. That's the problem. They're going to take it too far where they say, okay, well, we, we, need, to keep, we need to keep the commandments also and legislate that. 
continuing on with the quote, it says here, we see that those who are now being who are now keeping the commandments of God need to bestir themselves that they may obtain the special help which God alone can give them. They should work more earnestly to delay as long as possible the threatened calamity. If in our land of boasted freedom, a Protestant government should sacrifice every principle which enters into its constitution and propagate papal falsehood and delusion, well may we plead, it is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Some may think that because it has been revealed in prophecy that our nation shall restrict the consciences of men, it must surely come, and that if we make an effort to preserve our liberty, we shall be acting the part of unfaithful servants, and thus come under the condemnation of God. And then she goes on from there to basically say that, you know, you're not if you're trying to delay the time. Basically, don't just sit around and do nothing just because you know how this ends. Uh, but also, again, from Review and Herald, December 24th, 1889, it gives us a little bit more information on how this Sunday law comes into be. It says, I have been much burdened in regard to movements that are now in progress for the enforcement of Sunday observance. It has been shown me that Satan has been working earnestly to carry out his designs to restrict religious liberty Plans of serious import to the people of God are advancing in an underhand manner among the clergymen of various denominations, and the object of this secret maneuvering is to win popular favor for the enforcement of Sunday sacredness. Sunday sacredness. John Paul II called it Sunday sacredness in his encyclical. Interesting. That in 1889, Mrs. White talked about win popular favor for the enforcement of the phrase, quote, Sunday sacredness. If the people can be led to favor a Sunday law, then the clergy intend to exert their united influence to obtain a religious amendment to the Constitution and compel the nation to keep Sunday. So it will be done through the law. Interesting. If the people can be led to favor a Sunday law. So it's a grassroots movement, folks. It's something that that's not going to be from the corrupt mainstream media. It's going to be from this sort of outcast, um, underhanded sort of way, um, underhand manner, where it just comes up as a, as a very organic looking grassroots and this is the will of the people sort of thing. They, the people are led to favor the Sunday law. Yes, we want this. And then the clergy get involved in politics. And they try to change, they amend the Constitution and then compel the nation to keep Sunday. That's how it works. That's how it happens. So that's what we need to be looking for. We need to be looking for these grassroots religious movements that might seem all well and good, but this is going to be the end state result. Those are the things that um, we can look at and see prophecy being fulfilled before our eyes. That doesn't mean that people that are trying to make the country better and patriots that they should be shunned. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is that prophecy tells us that this 
any grassroots movement, any taking back the country for God sort of attitude in the last days um, doesn't bode too well. Because unfortunately, and Satan knows this very well, of course God knows it, human beings in their natural state, they are rebellious. They are rebellious and that's what they are. So if they're getting forced to do something or to think in a certain way, eventually they're, they're just going to, they're going to buck at it. That's just how it works. Now, if you look at all the universities and colleges, they've been basically jamming down this leftist agenda for what, since the sixties and before the media has been doing it. People are starting now to buck back at that. And it's becoming, it's becoming uh, trendy and cool and in style to be conservative. Very interesting. But in the, all these other states, right now, we're also seeing we're seeing these these COVID lockdowns coming back. And what a big lie that whole the, this whole coronavirus thing has been. Does the virus exist? Yes, it exists. It it is a virus that exists in the real world. It is nothing like they're making it out to be. And it's been from, since day one, God has allowed the evidence to pile up where people who didn't have COVID and died were just called, oh yeah, they had COVID. Or people getting diagnosed uh, who never even got tested. Things like that have been going on. And now, what are they doing? They're, they're going to start doing lockdowns for Thanksgiving. I wonder why. Do you know what you know what Thanksgiving actually means? I'm going to read a quote to you from a from a, a secular book called A History of the American People by Paul Johnson, where he talks about he talks about Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving, which was inaugurated by George Washington. It says this on page 209 of that book. The House of Representatives passed the First Amendment on September 24, 1789. The next day it passed by a two-to-one majority, a resolution calling for a day of national prayer and thanksgiving. It is worth pausing a second to take a look at the details of this gesture, which may be regarded as the House's opinion on how the First Amendment should be understood. The resolution reads, We acknowledge... The great, with grateful hearts, the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peacefully to establish a constitutional government for the safety, for their safety and happiness. President Washington was then asked to designate the day of prayer and thanksgiving, thus inaugurating a public holiday, Thanksgiving, which Americans still universally enjoy. He replied, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His mercy, to implore His protection and favor. That great and glorious being, who is the benefactor, beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that ever will be, that we may then unite in rendering unto Him our sincere and humble thanks for His kind care and protection of the people. 
So Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, according to George Washington and the House of Representatives, uh, the Congress, it is, a, it is a day where they celebrate our rights. Now, interesting note, the governor of, of Colorado is one of the governors that's going to be issuing lockdowns along with Gavin Newsom, who says that, you know, you can't, you can only have 10 people over, you have to eat outside, and every time you take a bite, you have to put your mask back on. That, I mean, it's just insane. Anybody who, who is afraid of the coronavirus and stuff, they want to they wanna wear face masks and have however many people less at their house. That's their prerogative. But for them to claim that you have to that you have to do this is a violation of our constitutional rights. And this what's interesting, the governor of Colorado is one of the ones doing these shutdowns. A senator from Colorado, I don't the name escapes me, but basically said that against against the lockdown order that the governor cannot issue a basically a uh, restriction on how many people you can have over because you have a constitutional right under the First Amendment, uh, freedom of assembly. So, and he said it much better than I just did. But this is this is what Thanksgiving's all about. It's about our rights. It's about uh, celebrating, giving thanks to God for the constitutional government that He allowed. The American people to set up back in 1789 when they approved the Bill of Rights. And I have one last quote here from John Hancock. Governor John Hancock of Massachusetts issued a proclamation for a day of Thanksgiving on December 11th, 1783. This was right after the war. He says, whereas these United States are not only happily rescued from the danger and calamities to which they have been so long exposed, but their freedom, sovereignty, and independence ultimately acknowledged. And whereas the interposition of divine providence in our favor hath been most abundantly and most graciously manifested, and the citizens of these United States have every reason for praise and gratitude to the God of their salvation. Impressed, therefore, with an exalted sense of the blessings by which we are surrounded, and our entire dependence on that Almighty Being, from whose goodness and bounty they are derived, I do by, and with the advice of the Council, appoint Thursday, the eleventh day of December next, the day recommended by Congress to all the states, to be religiously observed as a day of thanksgiving and prayer, that all the people may then assemble to celebrate that he hath been pleased to continue to us the light of the blessed gospel, that we also offer up fervent supplications to cause pure religion and virtue to flourish and fill the world with his glory. Politicians do not talk like that nowadays. And you could tell that John Hancock truly had a, um, a reverence for God, at least if nothing else. And, you know, that was back in the 1700s, though. Things are very different now. Even when people claim to be religious, it's it's usually they don't speak like that because there's a lot of pride that's involved. But anyways, that's what Thanksgiving is. So, folks, if you're out there and you're listening and you're, you're in one of these lockdown states like, I believe, Illinois, Colorado, 
I think Washington's another one. Obviously, California and New York are no-brainers. They're going to be doing it as well. I believe New Jersey and Michigan also, and many other states. There's only two states that are fully open right now. That's Florida, where I am, and Texas. And I believe that um, I believe that God has a plan in all this. So, folks, if you're out in one of these other lockdown states, I just want to encourage you um, to put your faith and confidence and trust in God. And I'm telling you, if I was if I was in one of these other um, states, I, I would not be fearful to to have however many people I wanted over. Even the the sheriff of New York, I think he he released a statement saying that he would not enforce this this uh, this order because he believed he couldn't win in a court of law. So let's just keep this verse in mind, folks, as we close out here. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So we got to remember that whatever's happening, good, bad, or, or in between, uh, that they're working together for the good of them that love God. We all have to be purged by trials and tribulations. So let's be in prayer for our country. Let's be in prayer for God, uh, our leaders, and um, that we might still retain the freedom to get this message out. I'm Cody Morin. You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio.